0: Now, listening to The Awakened Soul. Welcome to episode 36 of The Awakened Soul. I want to send shots out and thanks. Um, that Black Panther review, as as was expected, has been uh, already the most downloaded episode of The Awakened Soul yet, but we have to keep it moving. That was a huge movie. Obviously, people were going to be looking out for reviews. So, while I'm thankful of that being my most downloaded episode, it just made me hungry. So now we got to keep it going. Um, this episode of the awakened soul is going to be just a little different. There's no out of the mind of haze segment. Um, I'm not even going to be talking to you long now because I have two of my favorite podcasters with me. That is the Andrew Bello who you've seen and heard here a lot. And also Billy Ray Valentine from the infinite fringe podcast. He has been on the podcast before. But this time, it's a little bit more in his wheelhouse. I think we talked music before. We'll get into a little bit of everything on the, on this episode of The Awakened Soul. So This one's going to be a little bit different. Uh, Bello and Billy Ray are joining me on all three segments of the podcast today. Um, so While this is going to be different, I want to ask that you all open your minds and your hearts to actually be able to take some of this in. It, it's some heavy content. We do mix it in with some fun. We do have a retrospective of Prince's career. We're also talking about symbolism in comic book movies that kind of spins into a conversation about um, it being in just film in general and hidden messages being there. We also end the podcast on a the conspiracy theory that Billy Ray Valentine brought for the listeners of The Awakened Soul, bringing some of that flavor over from The Infinite Friends. So, Like I said, this episode is going to be a little bit different. It's going to be a little fun. May piss some people off, but, you know, oh well, that's what we do here at The Awaken Solo. So let's get into some intro music. A little bit different, as I said, this week. And I'll see you guys on the other side of that. And me, Bello, and BRV will be bringing some flavor to you. Oh, baby, I like it more. Yeah, baby, I
1: like it more. Oh, baby, I like it more.
0: Yeah, baby, I like it (laughs) more. Ladies and gentlemen, listeners of The Awakened Soul, we got a special podcast to bring you this week. And it's special just for me because it's two of my favorite people, especially in the podcast world, are on this episode. And they're going to be throughout this whole episode with me in all the segments. We have The Voice That Makes the Ladies Moist, The Constant and consistent contributor to the awakened soul we got the andrew Bello in the building what's going
1: on andrew not too much man ha- happy to be back as always with in this particular instance my three favorite podcasters and no folks you're 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 not mistaken i'm including myself in the group but uh <laughs> CEO, always always happy to be here on the awakened soul and we brought a good friend along with us who i'm always happy to hear from as well
0: Yes and you you've you've gotten to hear from him a little bit more than me recently and I'm a little bit jealous of that but nonetheless he is one of the best podcasters in the business the host of The Infinite Fringe and also the locker room what is going on Billy Ray Valentine?
2: what's going on man you guys are incredibly kind to me i swear uh it is a pleasure to be on with you long time no speak uh literally was just saying that about two minutes ago because it's the first time we've actually spoken in a while we text uh back and forth but to speak is a different deal man Uh, people just don't do it anymore including myself uh so it is uh an honor to be here with you man it's gonna be fun i'm looking forward to it. bello what's good (sighs)
1: same old billy ray you know how it goes
0: yeah man (laughs) But we're here, at least in this first segment, we're going to be discussing um, social justice and political issues being mixed into comic book movies, which it's kind of relevant, especially considering Black Panther uh, came out. Bello, me and you uh, texting one day, you sent me uh, articles, two different articles back to back, and uh, we're not going to reference those articles specifically, but we're going to talk about some of the themes in them. And and Billy Ray, I know you're always ready, always ready uh, to discuss things, so you know, with with Black Panther coming out, and and we'll talk about the message there, but it's bringing kind of to the forefront of what these comic book movies can be used to layer and talk about. Um, we we've had uh, Bello again in our conversation. Um, there there were uh, uh, there was an article just discussing about how Jessica Jones was a uh, um, an example of imperfection and inequity in race and uh, the racial issues there, which I took some some problems with in general just because i think that jessica jones had a very great message um in general about ptsd and trauma and dealing with that and overcoming that type of thing without trying to throw in a race imbalance in in the mix of that but you know just generally um and bella i'll come to you first what do you think about Those those type of issues being included into into comic book movies.
1: Well, I I think they're unfortunately going to be kind of clued into anything that makes its way into any sort of mainstream platform, movies, television, uh, you know, any of the streaming services. Netflix in particular is like social justice, just Jubilee over there. But they, you know, all all of these different things. I mean, in the world of comic books. It's very easy to make all of these stories, um, you know, come off a certain way because you control the narrative. You control the, the entire universe in which these things are taking place in. But having said that, you got the social justice warriors. They are out there, and they even when they get something that they should like, like Jessica Jones, an empowered woman who is in living by herself in a big city and handling her business all by herself, it's it turns into some sort of racial thing. Oh, why why she got to prey on this this uh, vulnerable black man and this that and the other thing? It's like whoa, can't you just enjoy the message? Uh, I even saw another article that was with the Black Panther. Obviously, all of the wonderful stuff that all the uh, wonderful themes that are breaking out there, particularly if you're you know, if you're a black person out there and you, you take the slightest bit of comfort in the Black Panther being out there, thumbs up, like all power to you in the world. But then you got people coming out like, oh, well, they could have used this as an opportunity to push LGBT rights. It's like, whoa, we don't need to touch on all of them during every single piece of, uh, of you know, of art that's out there. So I, I think it's A, easy to use these mediums for those social justice purposes because, again, you could kind of paint the whole uh, universe. But then even when you do that, the people that want that sort of thing infused into their entertainment instead of just regular old entertainment, they're still not satisfied. So, um, you know. I guess that that's sort of my rant on that whole thing.
0: Yeah. What about you, Billy Ray? What what do you think about those type of issues? I mean, yes, and Bello makes a great point. They're they're almost rolled into any type of media at this point, but comic book movies specifically, especially since it's family movies your kids see and what do you what are your t- what's your take on it, Billy Ray?
2: Well there there's a time and a place for everything. So I'm not gonna go ahead and say that these messages shouldn't be in film because I mean it's an effective way to communicate the only thing, the only problem I have with it is that uh, the people that are controlling things, and yes, I do have a conspiracy podcast called The Infinite Fringe, so it's kind of hard for me to get away from some of this because it's build my worldview. So the people that are in control, and you can call them whatever you want, okay? If you don't think there's somebody in control, you probably have a problem, okay? Um, Those people have figured out that cinema is probably one of the best ways to communicate their agenda and put forth what it is they want uh, as a culture creation or create a culture war, which is what I believe is actually going down right now. I think for me personally, Hayes, I like to watch movies just to watch the movie. And I kind of got to escape and do that while Black Panther was on I caught it out in L.A. in uh, the Chinese theater it was a thing for me. I had never been there. I never I had never been to the Chinese theater. So I, I got to just relax and watch the movie for what it was. Um, Some people were trying to take that away from me. Uh, now, like we, we're talking about uh, LGBT. Why don't we put LGBT in movies? You know, people are clamoring that. Why didn't we use the Black Panther in order to push that agenda? There is a movement out there. I don't know if you guys are familiar but uh, there's a movement out there that is, uh, uh, you know, a petition is going around for the Joker to be gay now. They want the Joker to be gay. Um, they want Thor to be a woman or Thor is actually a woman in the comic yeah, books the now. Yes. You know, um, they, you know, all this sort of stuff. Uh, uh, Spider-Man, who just so happens to be my favorite uh, superhero, they wanted to or they did turn him black. I'm not sure. Um, and do I have an issue with that? Yeah, I have an issue with it. I, I want my black superheroes to be black and my white superheroes to be white. And I, and it's not even an issue for a racist issue for me, a racial issue for me. I should say, it's a consistency issue for me. And it's a why does everything have to be racial issue for me? Um, and and they're pushing all types of agendas in all these movies. And without taking up too much time, uh, I will. I'm sure that throughout our conversation here, uh, I'll be able to sprinkle in some examples. I, I hope that was enough for you, Hayes.
0: Oh, no. I mean, you, you don't worry about time. We got as much time as what we need. Um, so, yeah, but I, but just to piggyback off off of some of what you said, I I do agree. Like, it, it gets to a point to where, um, it, like in comic books, you, you have race and gender swapping all the time. And I guess that's fine to point. point. Um, but when it's done just to be... Just to be done to say, look, we have a, a a a female superhero now, and not actually used properly. I have just as much issue with that as I would if there was not any woman superhero woman superhero. What do you think? This you know, this
2: is uh, for me or for Bella?
0: Both, either either one. You guys, either one of you guys can take
1: take it, Billy. Right.
2: All right, man. Yeah, I I have an issue when things are changed just for the sake of being changed. If a superhero is all right, let's let's take let's take uh, James Bond for instance. Uh, they want to make James Bond into a woman. Why? Why? <laughs> what? What is the goal there? Uh, Ghostbusters. They have an all-women Ghostbusters. Why? What? What? What is? What are we achieving by getting this done? Putting out more bad movies. Like I, I don't get it. I don't get it. And and it's like a women empowerment uplift. And I'm all for women empowerment. Okay, that's not the way to achieve it. You know, like, why are you taking things that are already established as as a brand, you know, a a worldwide brand that people recognize and accept and love? Why are you taking these things and changing them to push your agenda? The fact that you're pushing an agenda turns me off to it even more. Okay, and it's evident. Why are you turning James Bond into a woman? Don't get it. I don't understand. Come up with a different character, a woman character that embodies what James Bond stands for. I don't think that works either, but you could go ahead and do that and I'll go watch it and hope for the best. But as far as changing things for the sake of changing them or changing things to put an agenda uh, forth, I'm not with it, man.
1: Bella, what? Yeah, do you think? No, absolutely, and to kind of piggyback off of that, I think we've even talked about it here before Hayes, they want to do an all-female Lord of the Flies movie I heard
2: that The entire
1: movie is based on testosterone and masculinity, (laughs) you can't just plug women in and just say, hey, look, this would be the exact same, but that's part of the agenda that the uh, ominous they that Billy Wright keeps referring to are trying to push, is that there is no difference between the two genders when all you have to do is have met somebody from the opposite gender to know that's not true, but they want to push this like this is a this is a thing that if you are actually recognizing the difference between men and women, you're some kind of sexist. But these are the same people that will plug in a woman in a man's role or vice versa just for the sake of doing so and then tell you not to look at the gender. I, I it, It's contradictory because it's the premise is silly. The message is silly. And the fact that people are eating it up with a spoon is even sillier. Oh,
0: God, yeah. Yeah, and and, I mean, especially when you look at, like, uh, the example Billy Ray gave of of changing James James Bond into a woman. For example, you don't need to change that character in a woman. There was a movie called Salt with Angelina Jolie that was really good. She was a a spy and and all that, a double agent. You don't need to change James Bond into a woman to push... Uh, to, to show that a woman can do those type of things, like build a character that's meant to be a woman and add depth to it. You don't just have to go gender swapping just to say, hey, now James Bond is a woman.
1: No, but that's what they'll do, is that they'll they'll swap in, um, I don't know, pick an actress, uh, Ashley Judge, she's a super liberal, so they'll throw her into these things. So now she's James Bond. And then the James Bond brand will, will draw people to the theater and they'll say, look, a female starred movie, a female uh, spy movie, did did X numbers. It's like, no, James Bond still did those numbers, whether or not a woman was playing the role, whereas Salt was a perfectly fine movie, but probably didn't run anywhere near the, the box office numbers that a James Bond movie would make. And so it's a push to, and, and you know, I'm coming off as, as anti-woman and I'm sure by now most of your listeners know that is not the case, but for anybody who's new, like I'm all full-blown egalitarian, like women and men should have the same amount of rights and i think they do currently and which is why when i when i see people pushing these sorts of agendas it drives me completely crazy women you, you no one's oppressing you you make up more than 50% of the population we're not trying to oppress you as a matter of fact a lot of you have way more power over things than we do because you control us <laughs> <laughs>
0: don't say that hillary may be listening um yeah, well, hold everything. <laughs> the worst human being on the planet but uh we'll, we'll go, man oh god i just fucking i hate hillary clinton um but to, to get back uh well, before we move on and, and get back into kind of the message of black panther is there anything left on this topic either one of you guys want to say before we move on i want to make sure everyone gets everything they want off
2: no, I think we're pretty good. Well, I, I don't want to speak for you, Bello, but uh, I, I think we can move on to back Black Panther and show examples of this in Black Panther of agenda pushing, because it does exist. Uh... In the movies, I, I trust everybody in the world has seen this movie already, so I don't think we'll be spoiling anything for anyone. We'll just be analyzing. Even if you haven't seen it, uh, go watch it. Yeah
0: and, what, yeah, and once you do see it, definitely check out the Awakened Souls review of Black Panther, um, episode thirty-four. But we we will talk—not really a review, but we'll talk about some of the themes and the messages in Black Panther. And I kind of pointed out on a review that uh, the the women characters in, in in Black Panther were were much more. Um, capable fighters uh, formidable fighters than than Black Panther but to talk about some of the themes in it um, the whole colonialism um, separating yourself uh, uh, from the world and kind of inverse of now there's this country in Africa that can go out and help or dominate the other countries rather than um, the the inverse of that of, of, of what's happened. Uh, Bello, I'll come to you first on this one. What did you think about the messages um, in Black Panther and, and some that you got out of it? And then also we'll talk about how, how social media is pushing just certain aspects of it as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'll stay with the the colonialism type aspects to it up until like the very, very end of the movie where T'Challa ultimately declares that they are going to come out and spread their 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 technology and their culture throughout the world and try to help and make things good. Like up until that point. Uh, Wakanda basically was all of the evil things that people like to paint our, our current American uh, immigration system as. They were isolationists. They were nationalists. They wanted to maintain their culture by not letting outsiders in. And it became, like, obviously one of, if not the most powerful and wonderful places in all of the world within the MCU. But, um, you know, obviously the end, that whole speech, you know damn well I was triggered by T'Challa ah, saying yes. you know, – <laughs> Only fools build barriers when they could be building bridges. And yes, that was the whole thing: is that T'Challa, the wise warrior prince, uh, turned king, is now uh, spreading the wealth. And, and And instead of being an isolationist nationalist like his father and previous Black Panthers and Wakandan kings had been, uh, he's going to uh, he's going to, like I said, spread their culture and and come out of the shadows, if you will. Uh, based on some of the trailers that I've seen for Infinity War, that doesn't end very well. So let's keep that in mind. But neither here, <laughs> n- neither here nor there at the moment. Um, but then I also got one other big theme from this uh, was that apparently women are right about everything. I can totally buy the whole women warrior thing. It's happened before in movies. It's happened in reality. Women can can achieve great things, as great if not greater than any man that they come in count, contact with. Uh, again, full blown egalitarian over here. Uh, but nonetheless. The whole message towards the end with T'Challa making that decision really stems from his love interest, who was otherwise going to leave Wakanda uh, because she was so desperate to help other people outside. And ultimately, she convinces him, whether by, by word or just by sheer emotion, and he goes ahead and, and pulls the trigger on, uh, on opening things up in the Wakandan borders. So, um, you know, I guess, I guess the, the big messages were, uh, you know, anti-nationalist, anti-isolationist, as, as well as women are right about everything.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well, once you get married, I think you'll uh, kind of understand that a little bit differently, Bello. <laughs> <Well>, I'm <laughs> coming to you, <laughs> coming to you, Billy Ray. What do you, what do you think about all that?
2: Uh, slightly different, but more or less on the same lines. I think, you know, I did not want to, uh, you know, you guys are really good with names and you Chikala, whatever. I never followed Black Panther. Okay. I'm just watching this movie. I never collected Black Panther uh comic books. This is all new to me.
1: Oh, okay? same here for the record.
2: And it's all new to a bunch of people, too. So okay. So don't 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 stop fronting, like, oh, I've been I've been following the Black Panther since the nineties. No, you haven't. Um, just saying. Maybe you Haze, all right, but uh, other people, I don't know. Anyway, um, so I was against uh, him letting other people in, man. Actually, uh, I- I've seen a lot of movies <laughs> where, you know, people have this great technology and they let everybody else in on it and it goes to hell. So I didn't want him to do that. But I did uh, appreciate at the end, even though I know where they were getting at with that, that speech, that Bellow reference, it's uh, definite, uh, throw a stab at, at, at Donald Trump. I mean, they threw that in there on purpose without a doubt, but, um, I didn't take it as, as, uh, you know, tearing down your, your, uh, your borders. I took it more as we're going to help develop the rest of the world. like while keeping our own identity, uh, more or less like, uh, while, you know, and that's what it should be, I think. Uh, and that's what America quote unquote is supposed to be right. We're supposed to help the rest of the world, which I don't know if that actually happens, but this is the ideal, um, help the rest of the world and, and s- try to spread liberty and democracy. So uh, Wakanda would try to spread uh, the artificial intelligence that they've created and the technology and the, and the, the health and, and the wealth and all this other stuff to the rest of the world. They don't necessarily have to let people in their country to do that. Does that make sense? Yeah, but,
0: Absolutely. Yeah, I'm sorry, Hayes. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, no, I was just agreeing with you, but go ahead, Bella.
1: No, no, it, it makes total sense. I think it's more, you know, it, it's clearly a metaphor of some degree. I don't, I don't think people are going to just suddenly from all corners of the world start living in Wakanda. But it's just the fact that they had cut themselves off. They had this great society that would have sustained itself forever, and now, in a sense, they are. Sort of putting themselves in jeopardy by exposing themselves to the world. The rest of the world is going to figure out very quickly that they have all of this technology, they have all these weapons, they have the world's most powerful uh, substance or world's hardest metal and all that kind of stuff. And while, yes, the starving children of India are going to benefit from this, so will the people uh, that are out there trying to cause harm in the world, as well as, you know, like the ISIS's of the world are now going to try to be getting into Wakanda and getting some hands on some vibranium. And that's going to create a whole lot of other problems for other people in other parts of the world not to say that that's a direct correlation to america but at the end of the day i think tachaka and the previous kings certainly had something going here where they they were not only protecting themselves but in a sense protecting the world by keeping themselves in the shadows and separated from everybody else so uh wither, again that's a direct correlation to the u.s in any way shape or form i don't think it is at this point from this tangent that I've gone on, but, uh, but nonetheless, it is, it, it was a dramatic shift in a powerful nation, uh, and, and their diplomacy moving forward. And, and again, seeing the trailers for infinity war doesn't end well.
0: <laughs> well, that's completely different though, Bella. That's, that's due to a damn alien race coming in. Come on, Bella.
1: Oh, an alien race, you say. All right. Yes. Awesome. yes <laughs> an uh, alien race. So maybe, yeah. where? yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: Maybe those walls would have helped in that case but, uh... <laughs> That's
1: what I'm saying uh, By the way folks To trigger all of my friends and co-workers My new solution to everything is I just build a wall around it So uh, I'm like you know what You you just stay over there In fact I've just built a wall around you And my coworker's workers like what do I do I'm like you just sit there That's it you're you're, you're your own country now
2: I, I've built a wall around my cubicle at work In, in order to <laughs> isolate everyone else uh, It's just what I
0: do Wow <laughs> well, well damn they're
1: the, they're the solutions to everything <laughs>
0: <laughs> so what, what do we what do we think about um, or what, what do each one of you guys think about just the um the social issues in in Black Panther as far as like um how true or how African it felt how everyone had an accent just that culture being very well represented and and I even mentioned before like even in the, the the ships and the hovercraft, like it was very African in design. Um, Billy Ray, what, what did you think about that?
2: Well, you know what? Um, I love the movie. I thought it was good. I really did. I don't think it was the greatest, uh, but I thought it was good um, to that point. I think there were a lot of things that Disney or Marvel, whatever you want to say. I mean, Marvel is owned by Disney. So let's say Disney uh, put in that movie for a reason as far as the social aspect of it, right? And uh, this is going to piss some people off. And uh, it it is what it is. Um, I think Hayes uh, can attest to the fact that I am not a racist. (laughs) Let me just throw that out there. Um, uh, Most of my family is black, by the way, so just to let you know. um, (laughs) And I'm a Latino American. And no, I am not for the wall, no matter how much I like to uh, joke around with Andrew Bello. Uh, because not only does it keep people out, but it keeps our asses in, like CeeLo Brown said a long time ago. So I'm against that. But check it out. Right. And feel free to disagree with me, guys. Uh, all hate mail at obi you know me on Twitter. Um, this was a massive, a massive. Uh, how do you say it? A, a, a massive ploy on the part of Disney. What a what a what a marketing ploy, man. I mean, they got everybody all riled up about this movie, right? And what was the main um object? No, I don't want to say objective, the main object that they used, the main tool that they used to get people excited about this movie. It was race. Race. That's what it was, right? So yep. the Black Panther is black. I get that. Um I didn't want to watch it because he was a black man. I wanted to watch it because it was an excellent uh superhero movie that I wanted to watch. You understand? Like and the blackness uh aspect of this movie was really blown to another level. I was listening to your review uh with the guys from uh from uh, what is it? Unsaturated
0: Oversaturated the podcast.
2: Oversaturated yeah. the podcast. And it's Ralph and Johnny, right? Yes sir. All right. So Johnny said something that that uh, that triggered me for a second. Right. And uh, he goes this to be an all black film. You know, th- there was a there was a white guy in it and, you know, kind of pissed me off. I wanted it to be an all black film. And I know he kind of said it tongue in cheek. I I really don't think he cares if there was a white guy in it. But there was some truth to that comment. Uh, And what what does that, you know, if uh, if I was sitting here being a white man and I said, you know, I wanted this to be an all white film, what would the reaction be to that? You know, and, and this is how we're being manipulated. What a what a marketing ploy by Disney to get everybody out there. Thirty seven percent of the people who saw it opening day were black. The most um, the most black viewers for a film, I think, ever uh, for an opening day according to a statistic i read um the rest of the people 35% and that's not the rest of the people but 35% of the people were white which also hints at this racial thing it doesn't exist while people and not to say that it doesn't exist it does exist in small patches but overall racism is is not a thing you know we get along most of the time mm-hmm but they bring up issues like this and they stare up race to divide us. And this is one of the way they divide us. And when people like, like Johnny and what's up, Johnny, listen, not much love. Okay. But when people say things like that, that triggers a reaction, right? Um, It triggers a reaction from people who don't want to hear that. Right. Or say, why do they get to get away with this? And we don't. And that, has created the alt right, and the alt right comes around and they're like, no, 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 get get out of our countries, you know, and they're not uh, pro black. They want to be pro white, and then black people turn around and they're like, that's racist, and then we have a problem. And this is what this movie has done. It has it has while it's uplift, uplifted uplifted uh, black people in a lot of ways, uh, it's actually done more damage than it has um, done good, in my opinion. Because it's it's digging a deeper wedge into race relations in this country, which in all actuality on the day to day are fine. But on the media, in, in, in the media's eyes, they are not fine. We have the Colin Kaepernick issue. We had um, kneeling for the national anthem, police brutality, all this other stuff. And it's really been they highlight the negatives and don't talk about the positives. And that's what, you know, in a lot of ways, what they've done with this movie. And just 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 one of the social aspects that they hit. We'll get into another one later. That's what I'm thinking. Hayes, am I off base?
0: No, no, I, I, I can completely understand. It's like and people don't get don't realize it, like how the race thing it kind of settles. And then it's always a catalyst to stir it up some of that is meant positively some of it's not but i I definitely agree with you there i 100 percent agree with you thank you (laughs) come on bello
1: (laughs) yeah yeah you know i i loved uh t'challa from like the second he popped on the scene in civil war i'm like all right
2: let me let me get at that because you're absolutely right as soon as i saw him on civil war i was like this guy is great he is amazing to the point where I don't want to hear him talk English. Okay. Like when he talks English, I'm like, oh man. Like he he had me uh so drawn into the character. I legit believed this guy was from Africa. That's how good he is. Like, I mean, the regal, he was so regal. He just the way he carries himself is like a king from Africa. I believed it. You know, so there you go. Sorry. Go ahead.
1: No, no, go ahead. Uh, um, but uh, yeah, basically, so I see, I see him in Civil War. I'm like, all right, I'm all in on this character. Much like you, didn't follow the comics, didn't really know a whole lot about the character, but heard he was popping up, wanted to see what he was about, left Civil War going like, oh, this is awesome. Then they go to that ending scene. They show the Black Panther. They show the room in Wakanda. They show Bucky's there. He's getting put in the cryogenic freezer. I'm all about this movie. And then I see the release date, and I'm like, oh, it's in February. This is going to turn into a massive like as soon as it clicked with me that they were releasing this movie during Black History Month, I was just like, oh, now I see what this is going to turn into. And again, if you're a black person out there, you feel empowered or comforted or in any way, shape or form that you have a role model like T'Challa, who by all means, excellent role model, if you're looking for a role model awesome like n- no one's trying to hinder your ability to seek comfort in your entertainment or empowerment from this character but you gotta see through the fact that they, i mean they they could have the only way they could have made this more blatant is if they like released the movie on martin luther king's birthday <laughs> this whole thing was just entirely driven around this whole idea that it, it's you know it, it's this it, I don't even know I don't even know what how to exactly frame it it's almost like it's like this revolutionary thing like blade never happened like there's never been a black superhero that's ever existed before like this is this is the first time this is this is black superman this is everything and it's like yes that's all great I think young black Boys and girls absolutely need a superhero of their own. and I like that they didn't just plug it in and make it Black Superman or Black Batman or whatever the case may be. like they have its own character. But my God, yeah, the whole agenda uh, that that's being pushed behind it and it's not actually, only in the movie, it's all the press that surrounds it. Like I'm well, reading articles. That's art- what
2: it is. Yeah. Go ahead.
1: I'm, re- I'm reading articles about like, oh, Wakanda is a shining example of what Africa could have been like without colonization. And I'm like, I'm sorry, did a fucking meteor of vibranium fall <laughs> on Africa that I didn't know existed? Like, I mean, look, it could could Africa have been a great civilization had it not been kind of torn apart? Well, not kind of, absolutely torn apart through colonization and various other horrible social things that have gone there. Yeah. Maybe. Could have been. No,
2: it was, Bella. It was. It was. It wasn't like, could it it have been? Yeah, it could be like a world power
1: today, for all we know, but was it going to ever be Wakanda? Is anything Wakanda? Nothing's
2: Wakanda. It doesn't
1: exist. (laughs) (laughs) And
2: and here's the deal, right? Um, Sorry to jump on this, but I I was going to save this point for later, and maybe we can analyze it later, but— there was a there was a, a, another specific agenda to this and this is all of the Marvel movies not all of them but a lot of them is uh, artificial intelligence and technology right and they made they made Wakanda like a artificial intelligence hub like the technological Marvel of the world that uh, no one knew about you know and and there's a lot of benefits to AI there's a lot of benefits to technology right we're talking to each other through technology right now. I love the Internet. There's a lot of things that I love about it. Do I think it's natural? No, I don't think it's natural. I don't think this is what we should be doing, because right now, while I'm enjoying a conversation with two very good people that I wouldn't even know if it wasn't for technology, there's so much radiation hitting my face right now looking at the screen. And it's what I do 24 seven is look at a computer screen because I got to work and then I got to come home and then I do my own enjoyment on the computer, even though I know it's giving me radiation. You know, it's not exactly the most uh, uh, the wisest thing to do. It might be very clever. It's not very wise. And uh, and uh, you sound like you got something to say. No, go ahead. Keep,
0: Keep going. Keep going
2: and Wakanda, right? And they they made it into this technological marvel. Let's go back uh, to ancient Kemet. If you don't know what Kemet is, that is Egypt, right? And that is in the continent of Africa. And we still look there today. Kemet means the black lands, all right? They say it was for for, uh, the fertile soil that it had. You can take it for something else altogether. There were black people in Kemet. Those are the people that created the pyramids, unless you believe that aliens did it, um, which is all well and good if that's what you want to believe. Um, But it was still in Africa. And how did these things get built? Because they don't find any technology of any sort, of any modern-day technology, I should say, anywhere. And they were built back then better than anything that we can do now. So that's what we should be looking at. Right. That's what Africa produced. Those are the civilizations that once lived there, not fictional Wakanda. Get me?
0: Absolutely. Yeah, I I definitely agree there. But that brings me in what I was getting ready to interject. And when I was watching this show and Billy, I don't know if you've um, seen it or not, but have you heard of the show called Altered Carbon on Netflix yet? No, I have not put me on. Okay, so you remember? It, it may have even been a year ago, but me and you, one day, we having a conversation about the fact that our children's children may not even be human. They people want to merge with AI and technology. Yeah. This that show is is directly, I feel like a result of that con- that conversation. In the show, yeah. all humans are implanted with a disc in the back of their neck that their their consciousness is basically loaded on. And they move these discs into different bodies. They 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 call the human body now sleeves because it's just a object for your consciousness to go into. And your consciousness is really all all downloadable on this disc in the in the base of your brain and uh, on the back of your spine. So all throughout this show, people are popping up in different bodies. Um, there's one girl who was traumatized, and she at the end like her consciousness is uploaded and she goes into a machine body and can it's it's like i said it's almost a direct i feel like a direct result of this conversation me you had not so long ago so once you do get to see it me i'm gonna have to invite you back so we can talk about it because it it just brought back home that that episode of infinite fringe when when you were talking about people wanting to merge with technology and it's honestly kind of scary because you know and you've pointed this out enough times on your show when When you start seeing TV shows like that and they're popping up and you start seeing artificial intelligence everywhere, I feel like it may be trying to get us used to this idea so that when they introduce it, maybe 100 years from now, it's not that foreign of a concept. It's it's definitely, definitely scary. And and you told me a, a, a long time ago I was in the rabbit hole. I may never come out. And it's crazy because it's, it's definitely coming true now.
2: Yeah. Once you get in, you never come out. I'm sorry, Hayes. I didn't mean for that to happen. Uh, <laughs> somebody handed me a book one day and it happened to me. Uh, it's just the way it is, uh, you know, but you're absolutely right. Um, and once they're putting it on television, it's probably already been done. Uh, that's just a fact of it. And this is a fact, this is not a a theory. Uh, they've been experimenting with this for a long, long time. This is their ultimate goal. They want to transfer our consciousness into other bodies as a way of living forever, um, and and they're acclimating it This is what culture creation means uh, They put it out in a movie And we are like wow Wouldn't it be cool to be Iron Man Or wow wouldn't it be cool to be the Black Panther Look what he can do And he's pretty much merged with a machine I mean we pretty much mer- were merged with machines now We all have uh, smartphones and we all have computers we all, have, well the smartphone is, or, or uh, Apple watch or these smart watches that are attached to us and we walk with them you know so it's pretty much that already but they're going to graduate to have them inside of us and when we see a movie like Black Panther and we see him doing the things that he does it's amazing and it's awesome and I want to do that and you want to do that and your kids want to do it and at one point we're going to be able to do that but at what cost and that's my thing
0: yeah, yeah, We I feel like we talked a lot, Bello. Anything you have you have to say on on kind of what me and uh mainly Billy Wright, kind of just unloaded. <laughs> sorry, I apologize. <laughs> no, you're fine.
1: <laughs> Bello. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. You were breaking up just a tad there. What what what'd you say?
0: I was saying, is there any anything you have to say about uh what me and BVR BRV just kind of unloaded?
1: No. Well, you know what? I mean, it's just one of those things. Like it's the more and more we that we become dependent on this stuff, the more and more that we're all we all know. Even Billy Ray just said in in his in his minute diatribe there that uh, that you know that he knows that this tell that this screen he's looking at is giving him radiation, yet he's still sitting here looking at it. And the more and more that we rely on these things, we we can't like I swear to God, I make a conscious effort to not pick up my phone up every five seconds. I still pick my phone up every five seconds. Like I just I've done it seven times during the course of this conversation already, <laughs> and it, it's just it's just habit. Um, but having said that, like it's it's one of those things that we I think collectively as a society need to. Just not whether or not we are able to implement those actions in actually restricting our technology, we can never actually let it leave our minds. Like for instance, I will never own an Alexa. I will never own an Alexa, folks. If you ever come to my house and you see an Alexa, I've been taken over and that is not me, that is a clone. I will never, (laughs) ever, ever own an Alexa because I don't want those things in my house listening to me, whether I'm doing anything that's worth listening to or not. I still think we live in America. I want my damn freedom. I don't want Jeff Bezos listening in on my conversations okay so it's just one of those things that you you gotta make some sort of conscious effort to detach yourself from it be in touch with your humanity like we are human we are flawed and that is part of the wonder that is existence Um, uh, we don't need the the technology to fill in every little gap and then to kind of hop on the, the little bit of the predictive programming like I said Netflix is essentially some sort of just cesspool of predictive programming they've got that Will Smith movie where we're living amongst aliens now they've got uh, the, the show that you had just talked about, which I'm going to have to check out as well, Altered Carbon, yeah, where we've now fused with machines. Uh, they had Wormwood on not too long ago, which is all about MK Ultra Mind Control, which is something that, like, unless you're diving deep into the conspiracy, uh, you know, kind of stuff on the Infinite Fringe or the Conspiracy Horseman, you are like completely unaware that this was an actual thing that actually existed. It's an actual government program. And they're just putting it out there in like a mockumentary and just like, oh, wouldn't it be crazy if? No, no, it actually fucking happened. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, <sighs> yeah it's a it's a dark dark world we 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 live in people and i just this is the awakening so i hope that uh you know for those that that tuned out once we get got too far i hope you guys come back and you guys will wake up eventually but for those who stayed just be prepared i'm sure there's going to be even more even more that's gonna wow you and uh kind of shock you over the course of this podcast. But um, fellas, anything left to say on the messaging before we get ready to take a brief break and then come back and talk about something a little bit more fun.
2: Well, I will say this, and I'll be quick, um, about Black Panther. They did reference the Astral Plane on several occasions, and that was back to the spirituality of mankind, which I think is the right way to go. And uh, they did that, but then they overshadowed it a lot with the AI, with artificial intelligence. But uh, let's remember what we can do as as a as a as a race, and I mean a human race. And uh, and and that was a good uh, example of what we can do and what our ancestors used to do uh, back in the day to get in touch uh, with their creator and their and their own ancestors. So something to just put a positive spin on it.
0: Absolutely, absolutely, Bello.
1: Yeah, I'll I'll echo that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Alright we're going to take a brief break When we're going to come back on the other side of that We're going to talk about the legend One of the greatest to ever do it And that is Prince Roger Nelson A.K.A. just Prince Dearly beloved
2: We are gathered here today To get through this thing called life Electric word life It means forever and that's a mighty long time But I'm here to tell you There's something else I want to be here a-
0: All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back with a special Cypher segment, but this isn't one where we're going against each other or anything. As I said, we're here to talk about the legendary Prince. Um, Fellas, I don't know. Well, Bello, me and you briefly talked about uh, you and and how you were going to prepare for this segment. Uh, So I'm going to come to you first on this one, just right out the gate. What's your favorite Prince song?
1: My favorite Prince song, uh, it's probably... No, it's Get Off. Get Off is, is probably my favorite Prince. Song. That beat is just so cool. The fucking flute or whatever is going on there, all that kind of stuff. Uh, admittedly, when I first got into Prince, I knew, I don't know, not even a handful of songs. But then I had a buddy that I was working with at the time, was obsessed and would constantly put mostly like the greatest hits and all that kind of stuff on the jukebox at the work uh, at the at the place that we were working and then ultimately kind of took the deep dive hadn't really taken it in a while but when you told me that we were going to start talking about it here my god i just the last week nothing but prince i've worked myself through no less than 10 albums and that's not even scratching the surface but that's just in the last week and uh yeah get off probably my favorite Prince song
0: fair enough what about you be uh billy ray there's too many you
2: know, yeah. to, to actually pick one. But if I had a gun to my head, I would have to say Little Red Corvette. And I know it's uh, it's either that or Kiss. And both of those are are classics, you know? So they were like, you know, m- maybe I should have dug into the crate, but those are my favorites. What a beautifully written song Little Red Corvette is. It's just a gorgeous, gorgeous song. Um, I love the entire Purple Rain album. So everything on there is great. If you want to dig into the crates, uh, fill you up. I love it. Uh, sexy motherfucker. Um, yes. Okay, you asked me for one. So I'm just going to give you Little Red Corvette, but I can go all day, man.
0: I know. Yeah, it's definitely one of those things where you can just keep going. Little Red Corvette is definitely, definitely up there. Kiss as well, as you mentioned. Um, so just off the to, – to try to – uh, suggest one that hasn't already been said. um Let's go crazy. I don't know if that. I don't know because yes. that that was before, well before I was born. But I just there's something about that song that I love. I don't know how big it got. If it was one of his biggest singles Ooh, or not. But let's the, go crazy. One of the was biggest amazing. songs
2: of all time. Oh, bro, was it? On. Is it?
0: I. I right. honestly, yeah, yeah. So and my mom wasn't a big Prince fan. I got into Prince completely on accident. So, um, just my story and how I got into Prince. My mom was like I said was not a big prince fan and that's how I got introduced to a lot of the old music was through my mom but one day I was riding in the car my uncle picked me up from school was randomly in town and decided to pick me up from school uh early and when we were in the car he was listening to Prince and I had never I was like 8 I had never heard Prince really before and I was like who is that he was like this that's prince and he left me uh Prince's album and it was Purple Rain um and he was like you know what you can keep this I, I can get another one you you need to you need to hear this and been a prince fan ever since
2: dearly beloved we have gathered here today to get through <laughs> this thing called life uh it, it's it's uh, oh man um i think prince is arguably the greatest of all time and i know uh that's going to automatically cause debate right uh there's stevie wonder of course is michael jackson right james brown um but uh Prince is just to to get all the elements together in one he was an excellent dancer or like a ridiculous dancer he was a ridiculous guitar player a ridiculous songwriter he had a he had a um a flair for melody he knew how to put together a song uh and and classic songwriter like what I mean what else like who embodies that now and to have the longevity that he did who does that you know so Anyway,
0: go ahead. No, no. I mean, I, I completely agree with you. And you know, with with Prince, um, we'll talk his debut album for you, nineteen seventy eight, I believe, which wasn't really a huge hit. Um, but I mean, to to and we'll, we'll be all day if we go step by step through the through the life of Prince. But I definitely wanted to mention just because you you said longevity. His first album came out in, in nineteen seventy eight, and he released music all the way until when was his last. Was it two thousand and like seven? He was still releasing music.
1: Oh, uh, more uh, recently than that. More recently yeah, up, than that. Up
2: until close to his death, he had an album. Yeah, that's crazy. Just
1: and there's crazy. like no less than half a dozen in the vault that'll be coming out post mortem as well. So, oh yeah, absolutely. He, he may be gone, but we are far from hearing all of Prince's music. So,
0: uh, I mean, and, and and I'm sure just by us talking about this, we'll touch on, on a couple of topics that I that I sent you. But, um, Prince, I I. I i love him every it seems like everyone here on this panel loves him almost everyone loves prince but do you guys consider him to have as big of a cultural impact uh, uh, as like a michael jackson uh billy Ray, i'll come to you first since i know you're a huge prince fan um do, do you see him at as that same level as michael jackson not personally but as far as like the, the way the world views him. when
2: when um when purple rain came out i think i was three years old um And I was telling Bello earlier this week, uh, my mom got me a few albums, my mom and my aunt, actually, who happens to be sitting in my living room right now. Um, My aunt actually took me to see the Purple Rain movie. I had no business seeing that movie as a kid, (laughs) but she took me to see it. (laughs) Anyway, um, and uh, so two out of the four or five albums that I had was, of course, uh, Purple Rain. And uh, then I got Thriller. I don't know which one I got first. I can't remember. I knew I had them both at some point. And um, uh, man, uh, yeah, at the time it was who's better, Prince or Michael Jackson. You know, if we want to relate it to professional wrestling, uh, Bret Hart or Shawn Michaels or Hulk Hogan and the Ultimate Warrior or, you know, it was it was Prince and Michael Jackson. Is he on a level of a Michael Jackson? I think a lot of people consider him on the level of a Michael Jackson. But overall, I think Michael Jackson gets the nod, right? He's like. Considered the greatest of all time, while Prince is considered one of the greatest of all time. So that's the difference there. Um, I would take Prince over Mike personally, but I think Mike is considered the greatest of all time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And do you do you think that has anything to do with the fact that we kind of saw Michael, well, not us, because I I wasn't born, but just the, in, in public? He was in the public eye from a kid until his death. Do you think that that's part of why people attach themselves maybe more to Michael Jackson?
2: Yeah, I think that and the fact that, um you know, Mike was a pop artist for almost forever. He had songs written for him a lot. Uh, he performed them great, you know, and he did do a lot of his own stuff also. But Uh, Prince was different. Prince was, he wasn't trying to be that Prince was trying to do whatever he wanted to do. And he wanted to own his own music and he wanted to have his own feel. And he wanted, you know, he, he wanted to be who he wanted to be. Mike, I think was guided into a position, uh, to be the greatest of all time. And of course he had the talent to do that, but, um, he was more pop. It had more appeal to the masses than a lot of the later Prince albums, or even like, uh, even with the Diamonds and Pearls, you know, it wasn't a, ta- it wasn't, and that's I only res- reference that album because of Get Off and to relate it to Bello. Even with that album, it just wasn't super mainstream. It was kind of different. He always went kind of against the grain or trying to do something that was Prince-ish. Mike was very pop. He was very, very fan
0: friendly. Does that make sense? Yeah, completely. I completely completely agree with you there Bella, what are your thoughts here man
1: yeah no i i, I think you were onto something there billy ray i mean to me and I'm, I'm 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 probably going to offend a few michael jackson fans but it's like to me he was far more the performer and prince was the musician like Absolutely. prince you could take prince's sheet music and put it up against like anybody's that's ever written music ever uh the guy from all of the stuff that I just listened to in the last week covers any genre of music you could possibly even fathom is somewhere woven into some Prince track, even if it existed before whatever we call that genre now. Uh, there is there is rap, there is rock, there is you know pop, there's jazz, there's classical, and it's just all interwoven. Everything. Some albums are like entirely one genre. Some you know from track to track, it completely jumps. Uh, what would essentially be, you know, decades, if not centuries of of music uh, from from one track to the other. And he very much if you were to, like, ask somebody at the end of the 90s, uh, you know, who's who's like, who's the best? They'd be like there'd be people out there just because of her record sales. Be like, oh, Britney Spears is the greatest. But clearly she's not the greatest musician that has ever existed Uh, the same way, you know, like a Katy Perry sells a ton of records today. But I don't think anybody by any means would take her music over. I don't know, say like a Kendrick Lamar or somebody who's more of like an artist in their in in the way that they perform things. Um, So, yeah, I think Michael Michael inherently because he is poppy and because pop music is really designed for the masses and in some ways without insulting anybody again, it's just sort of dumbed down music, which is, you know, uh it, it that that's that's why it appeals to such a wide audience is that it is so lowest common denominator a lot of the time, not specifically Michael, but pop in general uh, that that people uh, af- across all sorts of of of, of socio economic classes, cultures, gender, whatever you can you can identify with the music, whereas you really gotta be willing to sit down and think to get through a Prince album. And that, that's one of the things that I think, in addition to the music and the diversity of the music, one of the things that I really like in all of my music is is thought-provoking song lyrics and Prince, in addition to all of the other wonderful things that he was doing, was definitely providing those. And it, you know, it takes a little bit of patience. You're not going to get it the first pass through. Maybe you're not going to get it at all. Maybe it's going to frustrate you to the point to where you're like, this guy's just weird and I don't want to listen to him anymore. Let me put Thriller back in. And that's cool. You're entitled to that opinion. But uh, Uh, Yeah, to me, Prince far more the great musician where Michael being the far greater performer, I guess, if you were to equate it that way. Uh, I
0: can I can I can get with that. Uh, Billy Ray, did you ever get to see Prince live? Yes,
2: I did. Uh, Unfortunately, I was way, way too young to see Prince and the Revolution. And that is the type of performer you put up against Michael Jackson. There are very few things. I just did a show on time travel. If uh if I got to travel back in time and I had my 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 choices of what to do uh seeing prince and the revolution at their height would have been one of them it must have been a ridiculous show I did see him live um I want to say don't quote me on this I have the ticket stub somewhere it's either 2010 or 2012 uh in Madison Square Garden Kim Kardashian was at that show um I know because why? he brought her why why he brought her up on stage, <laughs> yeah. you know, because he, he was like, look at this sexy woman. And he brought her up on stage and only Prince could get off with that, could get away with that is what I said. But yeah, I saw him live. He was excellent, man. And he did, you know, Prince had a, a reputation for not doing all his hits sometimes just because he didn't want to do them. Uh, when I went, he did everything. He did everything. It was freaking amazing. And um, uh, I've been to a lot of shows. I wouldn't rank it up as one of the best shows I've ever seen. But uh, definitely an experience that I will never forget uh, just, just to be in the same building as Prince. And, you know, he was playing the piano, he was uh, playing a guitar, he was dancing. He was, a, he was an older guy. He looked limber as hell. He was a fit. That's why so many people were su- surprised when he died, because he's so fit and he was just looking after his body, obviously. Um, he was a great performer. Never got to see Mike, though. Wish I would have got to see him.
0: I see, I did get to see Michael Jackson live. I was. Wow, yeah. Yeah, I was living in Germany. Yeah, I came over and I remember I had asked my mom, I'm like, I have to see Michael. I I have to see Michael while he's here. And uh, she was like, well, you got to, you got to talk to your dad about it. And my dad was like, uh, okay, you want to go see Michael? So what are you willing to do to get to go see it? I'm like, well, what do you want me to do? He was like, I'll tell you if you can go, we'll, we'll see how bad you want it. So me being me, I literally was cleaning the whole house every day. There was not anything my mom had to do besides cook cuz I cleaned everything from top to bottom, everything. And finally, well he he did give me the tickets and when he got them, he was like, "Really? All I wanted you to do was wash my car." <laughs> <laughs>
2: Hey man, you just reminded me of a conversation that you and I had um, on on this podcast. Actually, when we talked about Wu Tang, I don't know what your sister had to do to get you that. I don't remember exactly, but it seems as if uh, they manipulated you to do a lot of things so, to get the music you wanted.
0: Oh, I th- my dad is a master of manipulation. <laughs> um, that's that's look, my whole family. Like we're we we taught the the art of mental warfare very early. Um, so yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's a hell of a way to put it. Uh, yeah,
0: that's, that's just uh, shout out to Papa Hayes. By the way, <laughs> six addictive. What up, son Papa of Hayes. a bitch? Um. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, you know, I didn't get to see either of these gentlemen live, but I do have a very funny story about Prince performing live. So, uh, you guys are probably familiar with the fact that I'm a big fan of the rap tandem. Atmosphere uh, Slug from Atmosphere was was telling a whole story once. He's from the Twin Cities, out in out in Minneapolis. Uh, you know, Minneapolis, St. Paul area as his Prince, obviously. And he was telling the story once in an interview where he's in, in Minnesota playing a show. Uh, This is atmosphere or slug from atmosphere. And all of a sudden he just looks to his left and who's sitting at the piano on stage with him, but Prince himself, Prince just wandered into this club, told the guy who was sitting there without like telling, saying anything to anybody, didn't make a big deal about it. Nothing just wanted to jam. And just kicked the piano player off the stage. Obviously, the piano player moved. And he just sat down and was jamming out with Atmosphere for a song or two. Never actually said a word to the guys in the group. (laughs) Just got up and walked out of there.
2: There's so many stories of Prince doing that. Like, he's the only one that can get away with something like that. Somebody else would have got kicked off the stage and beat up in the process. Like, Prince just sits down, doesn't say a word to anyone, and does whatever he wants to do and looks super cool while he's doing it.
0: Ah, just what a loss right
1: don't don't even get me started on the time he whooped charlie murphy's ass in basketball that's a whole nother story
0: (laughs) (laughs) i love that um did you guys happen to hear the story of when he rented carlos boozer's house nah man tell me about it so uh, uh and carlos told this on i believe first take but uh some one of the espn podcasts but um he rented out his house to prince and there was furniture. The house was fully furnished and everything. And Prince was supposed to just be renting it for six months or something. And Carlos was in town. Called Prince because he wanted, you know, to crash there if possible. He said, "I pull up and my gates change." He said, "It's it's the Prince symbol on my gate." He's like, "Well, you know, that's <laughs> that's not that big of a deal." He says, "I go, I go, I go into my, I go into my house. I unlock the door and it's purple." everywhere all my furniture's gone my the carpets are changed everything he's like so I'm I'm getting pissed off I'm calling I'm calling I'm calling Prince he's on tour over overseas um he doesn't answer he's like so I hear back from Prince maybe two weeks later and Prince is like Carlos I know you're upset everything will be back the way it was when I'm out of the house I promise you a month later or whatever Carlos shows up after Prince is out of there or whatever the ho- he says the house looks like it had never been touched, like nothing had been changed. <laughs> He's like, I was ready to fight, and it's it's just just all types of stories about Prince, like you said, throughout Hollywood. He's just amazing, amazing person. Yeah, so, um, your, your favorite Prince album? We talked about favorite song. If you can, if you can do it, and I'll go first on this one rather than throw it to you. Um, Dirty Mind, and and that's probably a lot of people's favorite Prince album, but that's my favorite by far. What about you, Bella?
1: Yeah, I was listening to it. I mean, you can't go wrong with Purple Rain. Uh, but uh, I, I have to say, after after doing a couple passes through Diamonds and Diamonds and Pearls from top to bottom, in addition, in fact, the Get Offs one of my favorites. But just that whole middle chunk of that album is just like kick ass like everything about it and that's another one of those albums where it, it, it's a little bit maybe more on the mainstream poppy side but still like from track to track you're jumping genres it's all over the place you got it just uh, w- one of the things that he does particularly well as if he doesn't do everything particularly well is lay out an album i think that's almost a lost art in and of itself these days is that like you you don't get that full, you know, like track one to track 12. You got to listen through it all the way through. And almost all of his albums really felt like you 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 have to start at the beginning, work your way through it. It's not one of those like hunt and peck on iTunes and pick a handful of songs out. Uh, but Diamonds and Pearl is probably my favorite. Uh, but Purple Rain, like right behind it.
2: Yeah, I, I love Purple Rain. I'm just I'm going to take the obvious choice, but it is what it is. It's one of the greatest albums of all time. From top to bottom, it's only nine songs. It's uh, what Let's Go Crazy, and the last song is Purple Rain. Nine songs of perfection. Computer Blue, Darling Nikki, uh, When Doves Cry. It, it, it's just uh, Take Me With You. Uh, there, you'll be hard-pressed to find an album by anyone. That's this good. And the only album that you can put up against with that, in my opinion, is um, Thriller. That's another like masterful, masterful album. And uh, they're obvious choices, but they're obvious choices for a reason. They're that good. So that there's not a lot of albums that you can take out and listen to the whole thing from beginning to end. Even if you like the artist, there's one song that you just don't want to listen to. Rage Against the Machine is my favorite band of all time. I think their first album is one of the greatest albums ever made. There's a song that I skip every time. Uh, I just can't listen to it. You know, and and it's it's hard for it's hard for me to to find. First off, albums don't even exist anymore. It's like Bello said. You go and stream whatever whatever it is you want. Um. Like the Black Panther uh, album that came out. I downloaded Kendrick songs and that's it. I didn't listen to anything else. So it is. It's a lost art completely. But if you want to go back and listen to something masterful, a piece of art, uh, a, a masterpiece, go listen to it. Nine songs. It's not a lot. It's perfect. The perfect number. And it's uh, excellent from top to bottom.
0: Absolutely. I, I I have to agree with you both there. Um, if there was anyone, anyone who's listened to this who's on the younger side. Um, and if you had to suggest three Prince songs to them, uh, Billy Ray, I'm asking you this because you're, you're probably the biggest Prince fan on this panel right now. What would be those three Prince songs?
2: Well, I like, I want to be your lover a lot, right? I have to throw in a little red Corvette because it's my favorite. And, um, yeah, uh, damn it, man. This is tough, right? Like I would just hand them a bunch of albums and be like, listen to them when you can and call me back. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) but, um, Uh, man, when doves cry, uh, also had, it had no, no, no baseline to it, you know, which was crazy to me. Um, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't let him listen to erotic city or stuff like that because it's, you know, Prince was a little bit on the, on the raunchy side. Um, but, but yeah, like I, if I had to pick, I would pick, um, kiss is another one. Did I mention kiss? No, love that track. Yeah. It's an excellent, excellent track, man. These are these are classic songs that they probably already know, but those would be the three. And if I mentioned a fourth, those would be the fourth.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and and I want to, and I know this is kind of moving away from just the tracks, but yeah, definitely check out those tracks. Anyone who's not familiar with Prince, but let's not, because I, I, I wanted to mention, let's not forget that Prince did the Batman soundtrack, which was yep. huge at that time. And you know, I didn't like
2: it. I didn't like it. <laughs> Really? Still don't, yeah. Wow. Yeah, man. It, it was the one thing I, I wasn't ready for it. I guess I I, I was I, I still don't like it though. It's um I don't like the I don't like the Batman soundtrack. What can I tell you? It's not my favorite. Uh, a lot of people loved it. I just I didn't.
1: My uh my daughter didn't like it. She said she she didn't think it was dark enough. This is the type of child I'm <laughs> raising. Wow. Uh, but she yeah she was like it's Batman. It's supposed to be dark. And I was like you know what kid you actually got yourself a point there. Especially it's like a Tim Burton. Batman movie, like, I don't know. I She she makes a valid point at nine years old. But, uh, yeah, I, I figured I could, like, I was I was trying to go through some of the print stuff that I could go through that wasn't, like, you know, anything that I wouldn't want my nine-year-old daughter listening to. There's, there's not a lot of it. Uh, so, so, the Batman soundtrack, at least some of it was passable. So, we were listening to it in the car. And she's like, you know, what? I just don't, I'm not getting Batman. And I'm like, yeah, you're probably right. But, girl. I like, yeah, I, I like the, I like the album. It wasn't one of my favorites that I, that I had listened to over the course of the week, but, yeah, I mean, that's 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 pretty significant, though, to get a nod for a, a soundtrack of that caliber. And for Tim Burton, who I'm sure is not like regularly listening to Prince to tap him to do that soundtrack is uh is, you know, uh, just a, a greater testament to how big and awesome. And, and and the fact that that he was and the fact that he could just like take on a soundtrack other than a movie that was basically about him. You know, like it's one thing to write the Purple Rain soundtrack. It's another thing to just take on the Batman soundtrack. That's a whole different ballgame. And and, and, you know, it it wasn't my favorite, wasn't Billy Ray's favorite, but still pretty damn good soundtrack at the end of the day,
0: Yeah, especially for movie soundtracks back then. It was like they weren't that original. Um, So, yeah, I I, I definitely want to mention we don't have to spend a lot of time on it, but I wanted to to mention it for anyone who was not aware. Um, So, I mean, is there anyone in music now that stands out like Prince stood out back then? As far as like being in their own lane, like it's so much music now that all sounds the same. Is there anyone that stands out to either one of you guys? Billy, you can go first on this one.
2: I don't know about about like being in their own lane, but the only person that is even close and it's not not close to everyone else. He's he's I mean, the only person that I can even put in the same sentence as Prince right now, because everything is so bad is uh, Bruno Mars. Bruno Mars is excellent. That guy's super good, and he can dance, and he can sing, and he writes these songs. He writes songs for other people, like Prince used to. Uh, he's a producer. He can play tons of instruments. The, the guy is really, really good. I, I think some of his songs are really poppy, and... Uh, Jesus, sorry about that. I think so, some of his songs are really poppy, but um, it's not anything that... um. Hold on for a second. Uh yeah. So I think some of his songs are really poppy, but I still dig uh Bruno Mars more or less. You know, he's he's the closest, I think right now.
1: All right. What about you, Bella? Yeah, that, that's better than anything I'm coming up with. Uh only it, it, the, the one thing that that has that I'm hesitant to use this person as a comparison because I know a lot of her music is written for her in conjunction with people that are like full-time songwriters doing their own thing uh specifically for her, but Lady Gaga, she's got that weird-ass personality, but she's insanely talented. She's covering a whole gambit of different music. While it is all very much pop-centric and dance-centric, there are so many different influences that you can hear throughout her music. And again, I don't know how much of it she's contributing herself personally, but uh, if you were to kind of listen to even just the singles that she's released over time, uh, covering a wide enough variety of pop-type music, And having a weird enough personality and being a cultural icon and a sex symbol, uh, Lady Gaga is like the closest thing I could come up with, although musically, Bruno Mars, much closer, I would
2: say. Lady Gaga is not a bad pick uh, because she does a lot of the same things that Bruno does. She can sing and she writes all of these songs or at least a good portion of them. So that's not a bad pick either
0: yeah yeah but i'm gonna have to agree with uh with with brv and that that's that's bruno mars i think bruno mars is is one of the most creative um i I started to pick kendrick here but kendrick is still i don't know i still need this i need one more album from kendrick like a a completely like unique i I think in 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 rap he's definitely different and kind of stands out but i don't know i still feel like at times that kendrick kind of holds back a little bit. Do, do you either one of you guys agree with that?
2: As much as I love Kendrick, and, and this is, I get a lot of blowback for this. I was I was supposed to go see him uh, this weekend, or last weekend, I should say, and it uh, didn't work out. I was pretty pissed off about it because I've never seen Kendrick live. Um, but uh, as much as I love Kendrick, I, I don't think uh, he's anywhere close to Prince. And, um, I only say that because the level of musicianship has completely fallen off. And while, <clears throat> while Kendrick is a rapper and a poet, he's not a musician. Uh, n- not that I know of anyway, correct me out there if I'm wrong, but, uh, he's not producing these tracks either. Like uh, somebody's Good producing point. a track and he, he sings over them. I mean, and he raps over them. He's not what Prince was, you know, the, the closest thing in my opinion is would be a Bruno Mars or, or a Lady Gaga. Those those are actual musicians. I think uh, that's dying and it's a shame, but uh, I think it's dying. I don't think Kendrick is is in that league
0: as good as he is. I can agree with that wholeheartedly. So just to, Uh, to finish up, go ahead, Bella.
1: No yeah I was just going to say in terms of Kendrick I think the one thing I really want from him and it's almost going to sound silly it's like it's like he's going to take a step back I want that bullshit poppy go out there you know just just lay out just the most bullshit bubblegum rap music you could possibly do cuz my one huge criticism of Kendrick is that he he's too artsy he's so Like, you really got to be in the mood to sit down and listen to a Kendrick album. And I'm like, man, I just want that. Like, fuck it. It's 70 degrees out. I got the windows down and I don't even want to have to think about this right now. I want that Kendrick album. That's what that's what I'm hoping comes somewhere down the pike.
0: Well, we'll see. We'll see if we get that or not. But uh, so you wait, you want a more poppy Kendrick Lamar?
1: I want I want something that is just I don't know. There's there's some maybe maybe there's one out there I haven't listened to, to be honest. I feel like he comes out with records way faster than I can keep up with. But um, yeah, just like some of the earlier stuff that i listened to, it felt like just like it was really trying to be different, really trying to be artsy, very uh, produced and and almost intricate in a way that I don't really like my music, particularly my hip hop to be. It could just be a personal preference
0: okay i i kind of get what you're getting at there but the last question of this of the cypher segment the the music segment uh i i usually just bring this on people but i I wanted to give you guys time to prepare and that is what style of music even though i wrote if which i need to stop doing what style of music would would you like to see make a comeback any genre bellow bellow go ahead bro
1: um i, I only because you wrote it there and as soon as i saw it 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 just stuck with me as like man i would kill for an old school good rock album again like the the, yeah. the littlest bits of of things that i get that are even close in the last 10 to 15 years like i fall in love with like there's a and, and these are terrible examples because they're not really even true to what i'm talking about like i'm i need like a led zeppelin 2 album again like i need a band to just come out with just nine tracks of just rip-roaring yeah drum solos guitar solos 20 minute solos like this that and the other thing like i i want like true rock music again but even like the littlest things that i've gotten uh the uh, gaslight anthem is a band that i like i, I think i recommended them, them to you when we first started talking Hayes, uh they kind of have like this modern day bruce springsteen thing going on and in retrospect it's a good album don't get me wrong if you like they're, that you know like they're that from kind of
2: music. Uh, they're from jersey too
1: i think i think they are They may have had something to do with it uh but <laughs> yeah just uh i'm inherently jersey biased whatever the case may be i'm just i'm a jersey boy what can i say um but yeah they, they had like a just a great album and it and it called back to some of that great rock music that i wanted and it's not there but because it was even remotely closer teasing it like i that that cd played in my car for two years like without me taking it out Um, so, so that, and then just like, I don't know, man, the, the, the Foo Fighters, the U2s, like if you watch the Grammys every year, it's the same rock musicians every year. And imagine dragons, I'm sorry, folks, it's not rock and roll to me. Like, it's just not, I need, I need something with a little bit more grit, a little bit more blues influence, something I can picture slash jamming out to like that kind of deal. We don't get that anymore. Bring it back.
2: All right. What about you, Billy Ray? I got to agree with Bello. I've done a lot of uh, agreeing with Bello here, but I, I can't pick anything else other than rock and roll music. Rock and roll music is dead. It is dead right now. Um, can it be revived? Maybe. Um, I highly doubt it. Uh, I like Imagine Dragons, at least some songs, but I got to agree with you, man. That's pop music. It's not rock. Uh, I miss the rawness of rock and roll music. There's nothing like it. If you go to a rock um, show, there is absolutely nothing like it. Go see Rage Against the Machine. And Rage Against the Machine, well, you can't go see them now because they hate each other. But uh, uh, Rage Against the Machine is half uh, hip hop, half rock. Tom Morello is one of the greatest guitar players of all time. Go see that band, one of the rawest live bands ever at the driving. Incredible! Oh yeah! Oh God! Like <laughs> that's great, man. Those 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 guys would destroy a stage. That was a show. And let's keep it more mainstream. Metallica, which is still around, go see Metallica while you can. ACDC, I heard ripped it at Coachella uh, not too long ago. And and these bands, these are 50, 60 year old guys. Uh, rock is dead. We still have Muse. That's all, you know. Of or or maybe uh, what is it? A Perfect Circle will come out from time to time. There's a nothing like a rock, like a rock show. And I feel like my kids aren't going to be able to see that. And it's sad. It is sad. I had so much fun watching so many live bands, Nine Inch Nails. Jeez. Uh, it's, and, and it's dead now. And it makes me cry inside because it's not coming back, Bello. It's not, no. man. It's not coming back. And it's it's uh it's a damn shame. And that's what I want. I would love to have that again. Not only for my kids, but for me, selfishly. I would love to have some raw music come out. Like, I mean, real raw music that wasn't put together by nine or ten people at a record label. You know, that four people got together, each of them play an instrument, and they write a song, and it's theirs. And And it might not sound perfect, but it freaking rocks. I miss that. That's it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Well, damn. Um, <laughs> no, but I, I can I can agree with Rock, but that that wasn't my pick. My my pick, and it's never coming back because it was more closely associated with almost just one person, and that psychedelic funk, George Clinton type music. Like I I love love that type. You were music.
1: just you were just trashing George Clinton on the Red Zone know, like four weeks ago. I know. Ago.
0: <laughs> I know. I know. I'm a conflicted man, not, Andrew Bello.
1: It's not his fault. He's a Clinton. It's a different. <laughs> <point>. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, I, would,
1: I would donate to that clinton foundation though that's
0: yeah, yeah you got to donate to that one hillary clinton fuck no uh, yeah, she's the worst human being ever in history um <laughs> anything left on this before we end this segment
1: give chelsea time <laughs> <laughs> oh i'm sorry on this segment no no i think we're <laughs>
0: All right, we're going to take another brief break. On the, on the other side of that, we're going to get into uh, Bill Ray Valentine. The Mystic Conspiracy Theory himself is going to give us a conspiracy theory we should all look further into. All right, ladies and gentlemen, so I have the host of the Infinite Fringe. You guys have been been hearing us talk to very intelligent guy. That's Billy Ray Valentine. Uh, what he does over his podcast is he does get into conspiracy theories much deeper than what we're going to be able to get into here. But because of that, I wanted him to bring a conspiracy theory to the awakened soul, something that we all should probably be looking closer into researching uh, all that good stuff. Um, so, Billy Ray, I'm, I'm going to turn this segment over to you and I am going to just be a standby. Personal on this one. Go ahead, take it away. Um, when he's
2: asked me to do this. I, I didn't know exactly what I wanted to get into. And I, I, I referred to Bello a few times to see what I should do because I didn't want to jump into the deep end of the pond so quickly and have people not relate. Um, I'm going to just throw uh different conspiracy theories. The biggest one is uh, the, that got me about Black Panther and I'm going to get a lot of heat for this, but I'm going to say it anyway. At the end of Black Panther, Killamonger, uh, he goes, I'd rather die than, uh, die, for, die than living, um, in bondage. Is that, is that correct? Hayes?
0: Yeah. I, I, or less. Yeah. Throw, I think it was like, throw me in the ocean, uh, bury me in the ocean, uh, with my ancestors who knew it was better to die then live in bondage. So there you go.
2: Yeah. And, and so many people in the theater got up and started clapping. They're like, yeah, woo!" you know? And I'm like, <laughs> cynical ass me right? there with my boys. And I'm like, well, that got up and started clapping. I'm going to turn around and go to work tomorrow. And and one of my friends got it. The other one didn't. But we are all living in bondage. <laughs> all of us. And, and, and as crazy as that may sound, it's absolutely true. Uh, get up tomorrow and don't go to work. See how well that goes for you um you might be able to call out but do it repetitively repetitively for for a week or a month you can't uh because um we are slaves to this system and the only way to keep us as slaves to the system because we're all be going to become aware they see they got smarter about this they used to beat us up and and beat us into submission now they allow us to think that we're free when in all actuality we're not and by they, it's the elite. They are the people that are controlling things. And uh, we're gonna keep it at a base level and talk about money so we, we can relate it t- to one another. That's what it's about. These people will have you work your tail off until you're 60, 70 years old and they can't use you anymore. Bullshit, not even 60, 70, now it's like 50. They fire you and that's it. You have nothing left to go to. You have to find another job. We are the only species on the planet Earth that works to survive and i mean works like have a job the only species on the planet earth it is not natural does that make sense to you guys we're not supposed to be working but yet we are we are slaves in our own lives everything that goes down is made to happen they make us slaves and we are willing participants in the slavery it is the biggest con ever in the history of mankind just saying
0: damn i believe it yeah yeah. I mean, how can how can you not? It's 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 pretty straightforward. Like, yeah, damn. It, exactly.
2: It, it's it's go, damn. it goes
0: beyond believing.
2: Right. It's truth. It is truth. Get up and don't go to work tomorrow. I challenge you. And I and I mean, I mean, don't don't call out. OK, I challenge you for like 20 days. Just don't go to work See and then show up on the 21st day, see how well that goes for you. You have to get up at six. You have to get up at seven. Don't take your kids to school. How about that? Don't do that. Don't take your kids to school for, for I don't know, for a month. They're going to be knocking at your door ASAP. Where's your kid, right? Because they want your kid's mind from the beginning. Why don't you get to take care of your kids anymore? You ever thought about something like that? All right. Why don't you have dominance or authority over your own body? They want you to vaccinate yourself and to vaccinate your kids. And they tell you that you have to do this in order to survive, in order to get into school, in order to get into college. You have to do these things. Does that sound like freedom to you? <laughs> it's not. You know, so either you're you're being very honest with yourself or you can be in denial. But this is not a matter of opinion. This is fact. Is there a way out of the slavery? Yeah, you got to be super ultra rich and I don't mean a CEO not, 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 not knock on you Hayes uh, <laughs> CEOs work really 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 hard okay <laughs> they're in these offices 24 7 They are slaves to their own job too um we are all slaves this is a prison planet that is the ultimate conspiracy it, it um it embodies every other conspiracy that's gone down any other thing you can think of at the root you will find this yeah just
0: a, yeah, that's it man um, well, listeners, uh, I, if I'm not speechless very often, but I mean, there's not much left to, to really say on that. That's laid out pretty clear. Bello. anything you got to say on it?
1: Yeah. I mean, well, I've always got something to say, yeah. uh, but <laughs> there's, um, yeah, I mean, and I think it's important to kind of focus on, on, on the, they, in this scenario and you, you, you painted them as the elite Billy Ray, uh, that that's a perfectly, good description of them. I think it's vague enough and yet specific enough at the same time. Uh, when when people that, that talk about these kinds of conspiracies, they start using pronouns like they, like people start seeing uh, a, a room full of shrouded figures and there's some smoke and maybe a human sacrifice. It's, it's not... I would say a majority of people who subscribe to these types of theories do not think that that is actually the case, although there are some instances where that might actually be the case. Uh, But to me, I always just look at it from the perspective of folks, if you're listening to this and you're in a you're not in your car, but you're in any room, any standard size room, just recognize that everything that happens on this planet is decided by an amount of people that you could fit in that room. There are a dozen people making all of the decisions for the rest of us 8 billion and that's sort of where the crux of all of this starts is that you ultimately have just such a a, a super 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 exclusive elite that created the money system created the working enterprise created all of the social constructs and corporations and this that and the other thing somewhere somewhere along the line that started with a room full of people, and now it's expanded all across the globe to 8 billion people, and that room full of people is still very much in charge of everything.
2: And just to bounce off of that, this is admitted. There's nothing theory about this, all right? Now on, on Fox or on CNN, pick whichever you want, however you want to get your fake news, uh, MSNBC, pick them. If you're a conservative, if you're a liberal, they're all talking about the deep state, all of them. Few years you said anything like the Illuminati, the secret government. The <laughs> you said four, that. Yes. Yeah. They looked at you like you were freaking crazy. Now, everyone, including the President of the United States, is talking about the deep state. Barack Obama talking about the deep state. Donald Trump talking about the deep state. Hillary Clinton talking about the deep state. You know, what's the deep state? You ever st- stopped and think about that? They were like, oh, the deep state is uh, manipulating everything. The, the deep state is working against uh, Donald Trump or the deep state is working against uh, the FBI or whatever. Who's the deep state? You ever thought about that? Just just go into, go into that a little bit. Who is the deep state? Who are the elite, right? And you'll never get to the to, to the actual controllers. Controllers have made it so they don't exist in the public eye. You think they give a damn if you know who they are? They don't. They don't want to they don't want you to know who they are they don't care you know they, they'll they'll march out hillary clinton out there or george bush or or even what is it george soros or a guy like uh who's this piece of filth that was um uh what is it in uh in a fortune mag next to jay-z for i forget his name whatever go look at that um i forget his name dude i, I don't know i'm drawing a freaking blank he's always eating ice cream but, Oh, i need oh, help
0: um <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh, whatever he's
1: eating ice cream <laughs>
2: yeah he is he's always eating ice cream anyway this dude um these people is what i mean those are the people that are the henchmen in reality they they really don't have the control but they have the money uh bill gates is another one you know bill gates is a real piece of crap um he <laughs> he wants to vaccinate the whole third world but yet his kids um are on a different um, a vaccination schedule than everyone else, if they're even vaccinated at all, you know, but, but, but he wants to force a uh, vaccinations on everyone, you know, and he admitted if you guys really want to get into some fringy crap, and it's not even fringy because most of the world knows about it already. And if you don't, you should go Google. Bill Gates talks about eliminating most of the population on earth. He said it, he admitted this. Okay. Saying that through vaccinations, we will eliminate a uh, 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 a lot of uh, the population on earth we will decrease the population by x percent i forget what kind of percentage he gave this was his words okay this is what they want ultimately um th- th- these are the people these are the elite that control things and uh, we're not a part of that club we're not and like bello said uh some people think that it's like illuminati right with the with the um the smoke in the background and the cloaks and you know what? There is an element of that. You talk about child sacrifice. It's all over the place now. All right. It's all over the place now. This is what this is what these people do. And why do people believe in conspiracy theories? Right. Let's take this uh, Parkland shooting real quick, which, um, you know, and I struggle with this one because, you know, kids died. God bless them. You know, there are some people that think that no one died in these things. I I am not of that camp. But there are some people that believe that. But why do they believe in conspiracy theories? You find reports of multiple shooters in that school. Kids that went to that school said more than one, two, three, at least four of these kids said there, there were more t- multiple shooters in that school. I think the mainstream media reported that. Actually, they went out of their way not to report it. The guy who broke the story had to tweet it out on Twitter because, I don't know, I think it was CBS News, um, but – um. Whomever he worked for didn't put out the story. He did it himself. And that's when it started gaining traction or or uh, alternative news sites like InfoWars or something like that. And I know people hate InfoWars, but they do put out good information from time to time. Um, this kid went on and straight up said, yeah, there were multiple shooters, no doubt. This is why people believe in conspiracy theories, because of reports like that that exist. And there are they aren't uh, analyzed by the mainstream or just brushed off. Like Ben Shapiro said that anybody who thinks uh, uh, that these kids, that any of these kids in Parkland are crisis actors are disgusting human beings. Why do people think that people are crisis actors? Because they've been caught as crisis actors, not these kids in particular, but there's other instances in which, um, uh, uh, what is it, scenarios have, have involved the crisis actors. There's one company, what is it, Crowds on Demand, go look that up. You can hire a crowd to do whatever it is you want them to do. All right. Like, and, and the government uses crisis actors all the time. So it's not, it's not something coming out of the blue people, uh, that are, I don't want to say informed. I don't know people that are, I I don't know, in the know informed, take it however you want. I'm not trying to sound insulting here, but there's people, news junkies, there you go that, that are into this stuff and they see this stuff and they're like, wait a minute that's problem. And, and there there needs to be that we need that in in society to keep the government honest because the government is not honest with us so we need to keep them honest and that's what that's the role of the conspiracy analyst
0: well people i think we've given them a lot to chew off of that billy ray you just you, you just blew a couple of people's minds i can absolutely guarantee it
2: well god bless you all um if uh if uh, you want to hear more, come over to the TheInfiniteFringe.podbeam.com or hackerhamin.podbeam.com, Or you can find me live on Truth Frequency Radio, every uh, iHeartRadio, every uh, Sunday from 7 p.m. to 8 p.m. Eastern. I do a live show. Um, and if you want to find out conspiracy, man, we got the conspiracy horsemen over at HackerHameen.podbeam.com. And on Truth Frequency Radio, it's all conspiracy all the time. You will find what you're looking for. Um, But uh, beware, because once you come in, you don't come out. You can't unsee it. You know, like like when you walk into the bathroom and and you see your mother naked, you can never unsee that. Uh, I I know it's a ridiculous example, but you never (laughs) unsee that. You're like, Jesus, what the hell? And it stays in your mind forever. It's the same thing. You can never unsee it once you walk through those doors so be careful
1: yep there are times i wish i could unsee it like there's times i wake up and like even something as simple as the as as disgusting and as straightforward as probably was the parkland shooting it's like "Mm, do i i mean best case scenario there's an actual school shooting that's where i kind of find myself in these situations Is i'm like uh best case scenario is it's Mm -hmm. every bit as terrible as they're telling me it is on television and Mm -hmm. worst case scenario It's far, far worse than that. Terrifying.
2: It's depressing. But yeah, you're absolutely right. That's my same mindset all the time. And it sucks.
0: Down the rabbit hole we go. Well, fellas, (laughs) (laughs) I definitely want to thank you guys for being able to join me on this podcast. Uh, We got to do this again, the three of us, because this was a hell of an experience. Uh, Bello, any, any closing words, thoughts? If not, tell the people where they can find you.
1: Yeah, I'm going to wrap this one up, Hayes, as you as you do on occasion here on the Awakened Soul, but I definitely do on the Next Level Wrestling podcast over on the Wrestling World Podcast Network. But uh, if you've made it this far, you are a brave, brave soul, and I mean that this week more so than other weeks. <laughs> uh, but thank you for joining us on this journey. You could follow me on Twitter at the Andrew for political and potentially conspiracy-related things, and then also at Bello Being for the more fun stuff: wrestling, comics, movies, music. If it's lighthearted, go there. At Bello being Bella,
0: Billy Ray Valentine, same thing to you. I know you just plugged your podcast, but anything if you want to want to leave the audience with, if not, tell the people where they can find you.
2: No, oh, that's it, man. Uh, all hate mail to at open oh, one. You know me, figure it out because I'm not spelling it. And uh, I want to thank everyone uh, for listening. I want to thank CEO Hayes for in, uh, inviting me onto your platform, man. Um, you're doing your thing, and I I I, I see it and I'm happy for you. Uh, Andrew Bellows doing his thing. Everybody's doing their freaking thing. So I'm I'm very happy about that. And uh, hey, listen, I've been waiting to come on Soul for a bit. I'm glad you had me on. Whatever you want me on, if I can make it, I'll be there, brother. I, I really enjoyed myself. Thank you very much.
0: Uh, no problem at all. I think Thank you both for being able to come on. Uh, listeners, you guys already know me if you listen to this, but I am CEO Hayes. You can follow me at C E O H A I Z E. Uh more importantly, now I am a member of UML, Urban Mogul Life. You can
1: check us yeah, out. Not and, after this episode, you're not <laughs> <there>. you <laughs> right the <laughs> fuck out of there. <laughs> oh just, man, just, I know.
2: Just build a wall around them if there <laughs>
1: you
0: go. I may have to come crawling to hacker I mean, like please, please, please. I got kicked I off. I got kicked I off. Um I don't I don't think you gotta come crawling. The doors are open. That's <laughs> all. Like, come on in, my friend. Hey, but yeah, definitely check me out there as well. I want to thank each and every one of you guys for listening. Like Bello said, you are a brave, brave soul if you made it this far. Adios. I love you guys. Peace.
2: Smoking Joe Frazer, the Hellraiser, raising hell with the flavor, Terrorize the jam like troops in Pakistan, swinging through your town
0: like your neighborhood Spider-Man. So all, uh, tick-tock and keep ticking, when I get you flipping off the shit I'm kicking, the Lone Ranger, co wet, danger, deep in the dark with the art to rip the charts apart, the vandal, too hot to handle your battle, you're saying goodbye I like Devin Gamble, roughneck, inspector decks on the set, the rebel, I make more noise than heavy metal, the way I make the crowd go wild, sit back, relax, Style. Ray got it going on, pal, call me the rap assassinator, rhymes rugged and built like Schwarzenegger, and I'ma get mad deep like a threat, blow up your project, then take all your assets, cause I came to shake the frame in half with the thoughts that bomb, shit like math, so if you wanna try to flip, yo, flip on the next man, cause I'll grab the clip and, picture with 16 shots and more I got, going to war with the melting pot, ah, I... it's the method man for short, Mr. Map, Moving on your left, and set it off, get it off, let it off like a yak. I wanna break food, cop me back Small change, they putting chain in the game. I take game and blow that nigga out the frame And like bang my fella live forever Crossin' over, like they don't know no better, but I do. True, can I get a suit? Not respect due to the one six, ooh, I mean, oh. Yo, check out the boat like the Hudson
2: on BCP. When I'm dustin', it's all because I'm hot like sauce. The smoke from the lyrical butt make me, uh, ooh. what? Grab my nut, get screwed. Ow. Here comes my salad style. be Why you